You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Wake Up Tucson show, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Good morning. Tuesday's here. Good morning to Matthew J. Neely. Good morning. Last day of January. Unreal. Yeah, it's... I feel triggered. It's... (laughs) For various reasons. Uh, And again, um, this this month has been light speed, light speed. We're uh, six days away from our amazing... uh, happy hour at the short rest tavern which is inside tucson games and gadgets you're not going to believe it you get you walk in you see this beautiful retail area with all these cool kinds of game and game accessories and you go to the back right and you go down a little hallway it's like a speakeasy and then it opens up into this beautiful cozy tavern so please join us a lot of you have rsvp'd and told me you're coming So it should be very, very fun. There's going to be beer, wine, mead, soft drinks that you can purchase. And it sounds like it's going to be uh, catered by the great Malta Joe. That is, that's a ganga. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, I I asked a question on Facebook yesterday in the food world that I'm, I I got a lot of answers to. It could be the most important thing we talk about today. I got a lot of answers for you people. So when you go to Mexico, they have the carnitas, right, on the vertical spit, right? It's the slices of pork. al pastor Al pastor. Al pastor. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I apologize. Thank you. The al pastor, and they they take the slices of pork, and they put it on the rotisserie vertical, put the pineapple on top, Mm -hmm. and then put it on the... So I asked if anyone in Tucson is doing that on a regular basis. And I got a good education. So, and the two guys who gave me the best education was Juan from El Taco Rustico and Lindy from soon to be possibly two Thunderburgers before it's all over. That's a little, I'll so give you a little hint. But there's zero right now. Zero right now. But, but you're saying we're going to, it may be two? Possibly. possibly? Yeah. Okay. Just telling you. Oh. Well. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. You you know many things. You know, I think for, and I like Lindy. Uh, he's, he's a good guy. Um, he, uh, that 4th Avenue thing, he, he wanted to go back to 4th, I know, because that's where he had the original Lindy's, and he, he's got a little family drama over there and all that other jazz, right? And he wanted to kind of come back on 4th. 4th is not that great. Right? And that's where you're at. That's where you're at. You know, most of you eat on 4th now. I, I was just talking to a friend of ours about Caruso's, right? You go to Caruso's for nostalgia, right? Six, 60% of Caruso's traffic has got to be based on, I remember when I got engaged here during the Carter presidency. I got it. We have a lot of places. And the problem with a lot of those places that have been around for a while, we don't. they're not around that more uh, any, anymore, Right. I mean, what 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 are the what are the restaurants that are still have kind of a nice building feel that are still around in Tucson, right? It's downtown El Charo, right? We got that. Look at my face. I'm kind of like, is there anything else of the older restaurants like that are still around? Yeah, the Cork, Cork is an excellent choice. Um, Cork is excellent. El Corral. Uh, now you went to El Corral for your birthday, right? Say. 
for your um, birthday or around your birthday or the yeah, holidays? We, we went there. Yeah, we went over over the holidays. Yes. And you said you had a good time. Absolutely. That's awesome. Great like service a, and and dinner was excellent. That's awesome. That's great. I want El Corral to be good. It was just I haven't been there in a few years because the last time I was there it was. And and, and as humans we see something new and we want to try it. I got it. Yeah, I, I get it. I guess. All my old haunts in uh, Phoenix are gone, They're one by one. I mean, some of them are still there. Salt Cellar's still there, but uh, like um, Dale Anderson, the other place, that's that's long gone. He's he's retired. Those places are gone. And there's a few other places that I you know I went to as a, as a young guy. You know that I, that I that I still enjoyed going to, and but over the years they've all kind of closed up. The uh, I have a friend who loves Houston's there on Scottsdale Road. Loves Houston's um, Salt Cellars. It's funny you bring salt cellars up. So, 80s, Love 80s, 80s, and we're on the family vacay. We haven't even moved from New York yet. And we're doing the Phoenix, Scottsdale, maybe we want to move here thing. ASU baseball games with Barry Bonds. Sure. All those When things. I was a kid, it was Reggie Jackson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he lived right up the street from me. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and I remember uh, going, we thought, um, what was the restaurant? The place that had the um, Tony Romas, the one on Scottsdale Road, the one that had the little parking lot and it was tucked in the back. It was one of the original okay. ones. We thought Tony Romas coming from here. What is this place? What's a baby back rib? An onion ring loaf? This is, this is, this is witchcraft, right? But I remember for some reason, Camille was in the mood for seafood and she's looking through her guide we were staying on some dump on Indian School Road, right? They didn't know from New York, right? And I remember Coco's next door, and I thought, wow, this place is some... We used to go to Greek diners in New York. It was way... Coco's was amazingly sexy to the really good Greek diner we would go to <laughs> okay. in New York, right? And uh, we so, oh, we're going to go to the Salt Cellars. And so we've been to plenty of seafood joints back in New York. But I, the one thing I remember about the Salt Cellars, it's the first time... So I got like crab legs or we got a lobster, t- whatever we got, right? And it was the first place I've ever seen the drawn butter that had a uh, a lit candle-esque sterno underneath oh it my. to keep your uh, butter liquid and warm throughout sure. the experience. Wow. I never saw, we never saw any place in on the eastern seaboard that did that, but for some reason the salt cellars, like, this guy just drops this contraption, and we're like, what is this? Wow. <laughs> it reminds me when I go to Ertule in Nogales, Mexico. Bob and I and Joe go there once in a while, and all they serve is pig. Just pig pig and pig, pig and pig-related products. Thank you, Hank. Right. And so they bring your carnitas out on this contraption. So it's like this metal dish on top of a wrought iron contraption with literally a pan of hot charcoals underneath it to keep your carnitas warm while you're eating. There's a product liability. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Imagine, but it, imagine it's having great, some huh? college kid walking around at some you know the, around the U of A. Oh, here's your hot thing of charcoal. Just did the Simpsons kid with the with the breaking voice. All right, Lugo's calling in at six thirty seven uh, about the. He went to a meeting about the Fifth Street widening. He's going to give us a little update on that. Seven oh seven Grover's calling up Norquist because he he wants in on debt ceiling to talks and all that jazz. All right, and then Kevin Daly, one of the three uh, main driving forces, or four or five people, four or five uh, of the Tucson Crime Free Coalition. They just came back from their. 
last week they participated in that homeless count thing that they did on the streets of Tucson. Sure, he's going to give us. Yeah, he's going to give us a little uh, a little street view of what's going on there. So, can't wait to catch up with Kevin. Uh, we're going to talk about what percentage of uh, federal workers aren't in the office. Uh, oh my God, listener Jim. <laughs> This is great. So Jim's one of our buddies at Double Eagle Aviation. Comes to our happy hours. He says, thanks, I managed that Coco's back in the early 80s. How's that for spooky? (laughs) What was the name of our dump we stayed in? Warren House East? Something like that. It was like a hotel that turned into apartments later or whatever. And also I remember going to my first ever Skaggs drugstore oh boy there you go <laughs> that's old school skags we just i just love saying the word it, skag right lucky uh lucky grocery stores here in town Abs- too at the time total lucky maybe yeah. an abco <laughs> maybe maybe an abco uh we're going to talk about biden announcing end of covid19 emergency declarations and when will that be chris <laughs> still another four months away 53 years <laughs> uh we're talking about california's I'm doing air quotes on the radio show. Medical misinformation law struck down. We'll talk about that. I got to get back to the uh, Biden claims on the economy. Um, <clears throat> officials eval- reevaluating structure and functionality of half-cent sales tax. Actually, I got another Facebook message from a uh, the ex-wife of one of the guys, the last guy who just got, uh, who lost his life in Chris Nanos' jail. So, very interesting communication I'm getting from families. Um, remember we were talking about where is Diamond Street Loop? Remember behind the Walmart? We're having right. That yes, absolutely. It's really on the Chuck Huckleberry Loop. Is what right. Well, that's that's what I, I just, was I just, thinking. I just, I'm looking at this. And I'm going, oh, what? Hmm. I, I, I feel like they don't want You wanna... think they would have said it was on the loop instead of you you said you think they would have said there was a shooting on the loop. I feel like Pima County has told the news, we don't want a... Uh, a news story that someone could Google because we keep saying the loop's the greatest place to bike in the world. Yes. We don't want someone to Google it and go, oh, there was a murder on the bicycle loop. The um, Instead of the fix, instead of trying to fix the problem. The story we'll just, was kind of interesting. A fight between a group of people before the shooting. A group of people, Chris. Right. Uh, it's, it called included, a gang. it's called a gang. It included the group, <laughs> included both juveniles and adults. Uh, quote, several witnesses left the scene. I'm not making light of it, but several witnesses left the scene before police arrived. So uh, I can't believe the gangbanger, but gangbangers didn't stay well, to th- talk to the police. Maybe Kevin can talk, us, talk to us about, group, quote, unquote, groups of people that well, hang out along true. the river. So w- one of the things on the TucsonCrimeFree.com page, if you go over there, they, they posted a bunch of pictures of what they found during the... And what's under the streets of Tucson... In these washes, it's more disgusting and more involved than you'll ever see in your life. Yes, Matthew. Right there. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bruce Ash, is Monty's La Casa Vieja still open? Unfortunately, they closed. Uh, yeah, they were. Yep. They closed a few years ago. Gotcha. I remember someone taking me eons ago to some old building in Mesa called the Landmark. It was like an old church or looking like an old church or something like that. And I remember it had their big salad buffet room. And you could tell that was that one I don't remember for a while. Yeah. 
I also miss my, well, I used to go to the, uh, well, well, Richardson's burned down, my New Mexico place over mm-hmm. there on Indian School, no? They're just on the other side of the 51, west of the 51. Okay. And But they're the ones that serves the best carne adovada, New Mexico style I've ever had in my life. And even better, I was the guy that basically when I went to the trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico with my wife, and I tried carne adovada in two places in downtown Tia Sofia's and a place up in on the road to Tia in Shamayo, Rancho Shamayo. They both suck compared to the one in Phoenix. Wow. Still there. It's the one that makes the killer elephant garlic thing that I keep talking about on Garlic Day. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the Rokery slash Richardson's. Mm. So they all, the new building's cozy, so it makes up more than makes up for it. So Nice. All right, we're talking about the ghosts of restaurants in Phoenix past. I haven't gotten to the old Carlos O'Brien's on 12th and Northern before it's over. So that's where I had my date. With, my first date with, my, with the missus was at Carlos right. O'Brien's, believe it or not. All right. When I didn't know crap about Mexican food. Well, you know. But they did have a lot of cheese and stuff on top of chickens and stuff. <laughs> okay. So that was good. Or soy. All right. Let's go to break. Uh, we're on day number two of my open invitation for Dave Smith, the new head of the GOP, to come on and spend two hours with me and Shelly Kais where we can all, whatever whatever's going on, we can all get it out. So love to have you, Dave. Wake up Tucson at gmail.com. Cindy Williams passed away, 75 years old. Shirley. Of course, she was Shirley. And then, of course, she was in American Graffiti. Oh, yeah. So. Yep, yep. I can't think of any other movies she would, or things she much was in. I'm missing something. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up on IM. I feel like I'm missing her in a movie. So anyway, rest in peace, young lady. Wake up, Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. All right. A little double shot power. My boy, John Wetton, who passed away this year, five, today on five days years ago. And then Phil Manzanera, who plays guitar in this. He's the guitarist from Roxy Music. His birthday today. So very talented uh, guitarist. That most of you probably never heard of. So, uh, Bruce wanted to know uh, the other one. He says Hobo Joe's on Scottsdale Road. That one's <laughs> I think Hobo of- Joe's is long gone. <laughs> I bet. And then what was the other one? Uh, Kevin brought up. Uh, oh, Durant, seventy-five years downtown. Still there. Yep. Yeah. Correct. We tried to actually get in there this weekend. That was a. Uh, that was. Unless we wanted to eat at four in the afternoon, <laughs> and uh, you know that sounds perfect for me. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld was <laughs> one, one person. In our party was uh, voted no, so we had to we had to defer. I bet they were under the age of thirty. <laughs> yes, thank you. Look at me profiling. Um, I will tell you that um, the uh, it, it's just it's just we got kind of I got into this whole conversation with Matt. We were just talking about those old time restaurants. Tucson or Phoenix, because there's so few now, that are still in business, right? They're still in business, and at the same time, you know, they're in that old building. That was me. Uh, old building of um, that they kind of originated in, or or just been there. Not just originated, just been in there for a while. It has that good feel to it. And just the way of the world, right? Uh, Rahina and I would call it gentrification, is what we would call it, or something like that. So... Um, what else do we got here today? Um, I saw the the. Uh, uh, so what was what was the traffic thing you said? You said I ten was closed down. I ten closed between uh, Valencia and Irvington due to a crash. Uh, one of the vehicles is quote a commercial vehicle. I would I would take that to mean a truck. Gotcha. A semi. So um, so it is closed, which would explain the joy that you experienced at uh, Irvington and um, Calaverde. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I I literally had to get off at Alberton to get 
here and kind of just go a little roundabout. It's not horrible, but uh, because Irvington and Palo Verde was a train wreck today. Um, so I saw this story. Uh, this is by uh, Faith Amber Crombie, who seems more like in her early 20s instead of 14. So congratulations, Faith. Um, there was one kid, that guy, Jack Cooper, Jack Hawkins, whatever his name is, at K-Gun 9. And I didn't really realize it until listener Don posted it in the Wake Up Facebook page. And he said, another 14-year-old reporter. And when I opened the picture, he looks like he's about 12. Not even making that up. I'm sure he's a wonderful, intelligent young man. But I'm just saying, he uh, he would be a he would be a he'd be a uh, an intern here at Wake Up Tucson. Um, unsafe infrastructure, lack of detox beds, are just some of the reasons Chris Nanos believes things need to change at the Pima County Jail. The Pima County. I, I mean, who says this phrase anymore? The Pima County Board of Supes recently approved a blue ribbon panel. Who says that anymore? And you know, we all, we, that's one of the running jokes in the show for 14 years, right? When you, where, what's a, what's the definition of a blue ribbon panel? The place where good ideas go to die. There you go. Right. I mean, think about that era. Remember they did that regional town hall 10, 11 years ago where they, they, everyone was trying to get in on it and be a participant. And you know, the SALC class was deciding who was showing up and all that jazz. And that, you know, that was, that's almost as big of a joke as the pivot playbook written by trio and Chuck Huckleberry. Um, let's see the team. This is made up of a team created through the County administrator to evaluate the needs to the jails, nanos engineers, the finance, the people with correctional science knowledge. <laughs> I go, I want to, f- I got to find the video of him saying correctional science knowledge. That's amazing. Uh, rusted pipes, sinking floors, leaking ceilings. The concrete's crumbling from the inside. We have floors that are sunk and are still sinking. Uh, they say estimates to of a new jail would cost two. You thought the doggy Death Star at twenty five mil was was its price tag. We're talking a quarter of a bill minimum. Nanos uh, says he wants a half cent sales tax. He says, that'll raise you $100 million a year. That means in four years I should have enough money to pay for that in the half set at that set sales tax. Um, he confirms that along with poor conditions, a staffing shortage is also the issue. Oh, you mean the one that you put in place by one being a jerk and two having a vax mandate? Oh, and lying to the board of soups in a meeting that said a prisoner died because of a va- a covid-19 positive guard is that the one is that is that why you're you're short buddy um he wants a he says the blue ribbon commissions are presented to the board ooh it's like a cotillion they'll be presented to the board uh uh, uh of the supervisors in february <sighs> We'll, 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 we'll have we'll have we'll have ongoing ongoing coverage as they say in other places on this. Uh, Lugo's calling in with a wi- uh, update on the Fifth Street widening. So you're on Wake Up Tucson, ten third of the Voice, local news and talk. The aforementioned Minter Manzanera, Mario Lanza's birthday too. We're doing it all today. Shock Jocked Radio playing you Mario Lanza. That's me. Six thirty four in the morning. You're on the Wake Up Tucson show, ten thirty. The Voice, local news and talk, 
And um, is uh, Lugo on the phone yet? All right. Just want to make sure. Uh, he'll call. He'll call. Uh, so remember we were talking about with uh, with Ted Maxwell from the Leadership Institute counseling. Um this is from AP in Phoenix, and this had to do with that stretch of road that we all deal with that sucks between Phoenix and Casa Grande, right? Long overdue. With the Gila River Indian community backing, the state allocated and raised $600 million of the nearly billion that would need to widen the bottleneck-inducing 26-mile section, 26 section of I-10 on the route between Phoenix and Tucson. But its bid for federal grant money to finish the job fell short and uh, accusing the Biden administration of devaluing those projects that focus on repairs and mass transit. Remember Ted was talking about, you know, they, they like things with bike paths and of course widening a, uh, a an interstate without putting extra bike paths in it for the one or two people that would need them. That's the important part. Uh, Casa Grande Mayor Craig McFarlane. Casa Grande, if I don't know, it's a city that you used to drive through. You'd stop by once in a while, get gas, go to Canes, or get a bubble up or something. If you're get thirsty. a bubble up, yep. right? Um, or a squirt, right? Um, they're kicking our butt. Them and Coolidge are making Tucson look like like a two donkey town. Is what we're at right now. Um. I'm going to continue this conversation because Dr. Lugo's on the phone, 790-2040. He's very precise. I said 637, so he's right on it. So, Josh, what's going on, buddy? Good morning, Chris. Um, all the wakeys uh, here in Tucson. In fact, uh, you know, there's many individuals that sit on city of Tucson Board and Commission. And, but uh, yesterday's at the 2012 Bond Oversight Commission, that was approved by the voters back in November of, of 2012. Then when Proposition 101 was passed in 2017, then we also were an oversight commission. But last night, uh, because of the Proposition 411 that passed, now the responsibility will be called now the Independent Oversight Accountability Commission. So after 10 years, it looks like we're going to be there now for 15 years overseeing some of the bond or propositions that the city has done. But at yesterday's meeting, when uh, Ted Maxwell called in uh, a, a couple of weeks ago on your show, I mentioned about the city of Tucson was proceeding forward to widen Fifth Avenue from downtown to Wilmot. But at yesterday's meeting, it was announced that from the city's going to proceed forward with widen, uh, with the with the improvements of Fifth Avenue to to Wilmot from Country Club, heading east, and what they propose to do is put a six-foot bike lane on both sides, one lane traveling east and west, and a center lane then for a turn lane. Now, what is important here, Chris, is that in past meetings I've asked that about being contacted as a commissioner on meetings to hold because they were doing a study or, I believe, probably a, a uh, feasibility study. But uh, anyway, the, no meetings were ever held that would be open to the public for public outreach. But it appears now that the city is going to proceed forward as a pilot program. Again, pilot program from Country Club 
to Wilmot on 5th Street to do the two six-foot bike lanes. One lane going east and west was a major arterial that feeds downtown and going east, and then a turn lane. Now, again, the, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a summary analysis of what was, what was discussed yesterday's meeting by Tucson Department of Transportation uh, representatives there. Because, again, you know, the one thing that, that uh, uh, there's individuals that work for the city, they don't understand the government's business is a people's business. should be for the people, by the people, not at the discretion that we're going to decide to proceed forward without public input, which is wrong. And so once I do the summary, then I'm going to send a copy of the summary to mayor and council members that this particular type of program to proceed forward with public input should cease and desist because the public should have a say on, on this project that they want to proceed forward strictly as a pilot program. Again, if they're going to spend money on a pilot program, and if, say, it doesn't work, uh, and a lot of us re recall when Fifth Avenue during rush hour was three lanes coming towards downtown and three lanes going east, right, during the break. That didn't work out. And so, again, the, uh, th there's going to have to be some, some public uh, meetings here to hold. So the public, ultimately, because this particular project was never discussed or approved by the Citizens Group Commissioners with Prop uh, 409 and 101. So what you're saying is, I just want to make sure, does I got I got this right? And and the traffic count through there is pretty heavy. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you have the how many cars a day go through there at your fingertips. I'm trying to look it up right now on the PAG thing. But um, so what they want to do is go off of what was originally pitched in the bonds. Well, it was it was never a uh, this particular project was never discussed as part of a bond, right? Only because uh, what the part, what the the bonds or propositions were approved for street improvements, whether it be major arterials or neighborhood streets, but not, not design. I never saw any language to specify on Fifth Avenue to do what they were proposing to do do now as a pilot program. And you mean Fifth Street? Just I just want to make sure we're that's, that's correct, Fifth Street. Okay, just want to make sure we're cool with that. So. Um, so, but they have to make a vote to change that, or they don't need a, a vote to change it, that? It appears that Marin Council has approved the direction for TDOT to proceed forward uh, with this project. Wow. Look and at that. So, with that, so this way I'm going to do, a, I'm going to do a, a summer report and get it to Marin Council members. Of course, then I'll. I'll send the media a copy of it and see if anybody has any, uh, from the media standpoint, they're willing then to do a story on this because this is not the way the public uh, funds should be dispersed without any public input. Uh, one of the listeners wants to know if, uh, ask Jess, please ask Jesse if this is, uh, Kazachik is driving this whole thing. Uh, I, I do not know which uh, council members uh, proceed forward, but, uh, but, in in an, in another discussion that we had, and this is uh, for since Proposition 409, I've always asked that general funds dollars should be utilized to be used for uh, for transportation, City of Tucson Transportation Department for major arterials, neighborhood streets. Now, last year, Mayor and Council approved 15 million dollars out of the general fund to be then utilized for road improvements, neighborhood streets, and major arterials. Every council member got $2 million. Uh, the mayor got $2 million, 
but I'm going to get a, a complete announcement because we, what I requested in previous meetings, that I want to know where a council member approved the $2 million uh, without any input from a commissioner that represents their award. Now, we were told last night that the mayor received $2 million, which she spent on the west side, but also the total amount of money that she received from federal funds. I don't know where, but I'm, on, I'm requesting that in writing from, from TDOT representative. So at, at the next meeting, which will be on, on Tuesday, February the 13th, we'll give, they'll give, they're supposed to give us a summary report of how the $50 million was, was utilized by every council member and, and, the, and the mayor uh, because in my opinion, the mayor serves the public at large. And I said from the get-go that the $2 million allocation that was given to the mayor should have been dispersed to equally to every, every ward. So this way those money can be utilized for the continued the uh, neighborhood streets that are in disrepair right now. But because of Proposition 101 uh, that was passed, I'm sorry, Proposition 411 that was passed by the voters, uh, now it appears now that there's going to be some enough monies in to to then proceed forward with the neighborhood street. But Chris, that's going to take another additional five years. So that's also at our February 13th meeting. That's going to be discussed how that 50 million million dollars was approved, and again without input from the commissioner to to the council member, because we already have a list, and the list is comprised of worst streets first and equitable funds spent to each ward. So this is where the direction of the $50 million should have been deposited into that account. Then we as a commission to approve, uh, to proceed forward to improve our neighborhood streets. So what I see here is interesting. So they want to do, you know, uh, two lanes with a little, you know, little suicide turn lane, right, is what they want to do. And then they want to do on either side a six-foot bike lane. Is that, yeah. I just want to make sure I got that right. Yeah, six-foot bike lanes. Now, if, if, if you want to know what, why six-foot bike lane, if you travel from Speedway down to Congress on Main Avenue, uh, they look like little armadillos with uh, white stripes on the back. And this is, uh, I believe, and this is just to, in case a a a, uh, a a vehicle or car, you know, does hit that, it moves them back into the center lane, so this way they don't. Uh, collide with bicyclists. So I'm looking at the traffic count right now uh, on the PAG, PMA Association of Governments. If you want to geek out, you can do such things. But it looks like about, uh, especially like around Country Club, it's about 14,000 cars a day are going through there. Okay. Right? And then I'm looking at the, uh, the uh, for the last so many years, and the traffic count on that 5th Street is the highest it's been uh, in the last 10 years right now, is what yeah. I see. Yeah, in fact, uh, what they uh, what they uh, uh, announced last night that uh, the major major arterial streets, uh, twenty thousand or more cars. I said, and I wanted a a a study. I want to know traffic counts uh, based on Fifth Street. I said, and I'm going to ask him in writing for five years, but also at the same time to to understand exactly. How this is going to be paid for by taxpayers' funds, because as you and I know, once you adopt a pilot program, what are the chances to then to to get additional funds to move it back to two lanes, and then just leave if they want to leave the five five foot 
uh, bike lanes, which in some areas there is in place now uh, to put into place. And, and in my opinion, that's never going to be done. So this pilot program will then be permanent for people traveling from Wilmont to downtown going east and west. Well, why don't they just we'll just close it before it's all over? Let's just make it ollie bikes. That's what I think they'd love to do in the end. Uh, let's, Barney's got a question for you. Barney, you're on with our friend Jess. What's up, sir? Good morning. You're definitely right about them wanting to shut shut it down the cars and put it all bike lanes. So that's really my question. We've got info on the traffic count. Do we have any idea how many humans would be using that thoroughfare for bikes and then you compare it to the ratio of cars? I think you would see that 12 feet of bike lane is a pretty lousy investment. Any numbers on uh, bikers? Uh, no, but uh, that's that's one of the questions that that I'm going to be asking for uh, from uh, Tucson Department of Transportation. To so this way, the public has an understanding how the department decided to go forward with this pilot program without public input. All right, Barney, thanks. For- Thanks for the question, man. I appreciate it. Jesse, thank you for being out there and going to these things. And, um, and the other thing, Jess, too, right, uh, they're, they're going to do a special election for that tax for sustainability stuff. Yes. Instead of just putting it on the general. Isn't that – that's one of the biggest horse crap moves I think I've ever seen. Yeah, the, but as, as from time to time, Chris, you announced about how her funds are utilized within the city of Tucson. In fact, I believe – uh, a, they had a, a pie graph that showed that uh, based on 2012, her funds, only $27 million are, are utilized for streets, and about $27 million is to fund the department. I've always said the, the, the City of Tucson Department of Transportation, how, they, how they, they, they pay for that department should be from general funds, and her funds should be utilized strictly then for road maintenance or reconstruction of, of streets. Again, they're just following the Huckleberry way. They're still putting more towards the street than Huckleberry did. He was doing, remember, he was up to, a, I think, 100% of his HERF dollars. or to, uh, Sorry, he was paying, actually, maybe it's the same, because he was paying 100% of his uh, department overhead from HERF dollars, which, of course, Marana pays out of their general fund and uses HERF dollars to fix roads. You know, with that said, you know, Chris, is, uh, I would presume that probably it would, have, it would take a state statute then to reverse that, but I doubt it that other minis- uh, cities would approve that because they also may be utilizing her funds to pay for their department, you know, expenditures. So my last thing on this, uh, this is just refreshing the memory of people on this. So that VLT money, right, you can use a portion of that towards non-transportation. And I think that came out because I think the municipalities in Phoenix who do take care of the roads are like, we're getting too much money to fix roads. Can we take part of this and put it towards something else, right? And so that's what I love about Hustleberry, right? So he would he would literally take whatever he could by law and not put it towards roads. And when you say, well, why, don't you, why are you doing that? Well, it's legal. I'm not breaking the law. We're not saying it's not legal. We're just saying it's bad management and possibly immoral. <laughs> Right. But, you know, when you're talking about vehicle registration on a different topic, that uh, that I have limited time, but, you know, the, this is important not only for all of us here in Tucson today, but in the future. With electric vehicles, as you know, when Chris and Jesse and the, and the general public goes to, to fuel their cars, we'll pay 37.4 cents for, per gallon and 514 
uh, per diesel, per gallon that goes into her funds, then get dispersed to the state or federal, then monies are returned back. If you have electric vehicle, you pay zero uh, amount that will go to 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 pay for uh, a roadway use on it. So I've always said, put the rubber if you put the rubber to the road, you have to pay a fee. There should should not be any freebies, only because we have green globalists out there promoting electric vehicles. I have nothing against electric vehicles, but living in Ward Five, which is south of Broadway, Swan. 12th Avenue East in Valencia, I believe there's going to be very few people that are going to be able to afford to buy an electric vehicle. What do you hold you, on? And we got to go. Remember, the mayor took a picture of that car, and she's like, "Oh, this is the affordable one. You can buy it too. It's seventy-two thousand dollars." Woo! Come on, Jesse, make more money. Let's tell those people to make more money. That's all they well, got to do. I spoke to uh, a new car dealer based on the. Um, if you buy an electric vehicle today, what do you pay? Well, last year, the what you pay for registration was was discounted. However, this year I was told, 2023. So if Chris has an electric vehicle and say the cost of the uh, sticker price is seventy thousand, Jess, I, I gotta I gotta get going, sir. I we'll, we'll do this conversation another time. I'm running amazingly late, so I got it. Okay, thanks again. Love what you do, buddy. Thank you, Bye sir. Now. Let's go to break. 6.51 in the morning. Christopher DeSimone, Matt Neely, Grover Norquist coming up at the top of the hour. Kevin Daly, Tucson Crime Free at 7.37. Wake up. All right. Welcome back to Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 The Voice, local news and talk. I want to get this one very important thing out of my, uh, out of my, out of the, the hopper here. Get in the hopper. We will get to the uh, ASU putting men's urinals in the women's bathrooms before it's all over. Don't you worry. As opposed to women's urinals. <laughs> We got to get the Cantoni of uh, Craig Cantoni. Why is Tucson so filthy? Uh, story in the Star: On the brink of crisis, Arizona public's defense system hit hard with staffing shortages. I'm trying to think: Is it really shortages or too many perps? In relation to what they were they were doing, um, but let's get to um, this whole discussion of Alpa store on a vertical rotisserie. This is the most important thing we can talk about right now. So I asked the restaurant hive mind, right? Who in, in the Tucson region is doing up Alpa store on a vertical rotisserie on a daily basis? And, and of course, Aaron uh, Greenberg's like, Hey, what about real shawarma? That's also the way you do shawarma is, the chicken or beef or lamb on a vertical spit, right? And uh, so let's start with um, Juan Almanza, the great Juan Almanza. He says, Pima County Health Department does not let restaurants use this technique. And then that was followed up by Thunder Bacon, uh, Lindy. Only two places places I know of that were doing it were forced to stop because Pima County Health Board didn't Health Department didn't know what to do with it. They didn't even bother educating themselves about it and what it was, and they just said stop or close. So was one of them. I don't want to finish your finish your story because I think I know what one of them may have been. Um, let's see. Um, so then Rocco. <laughs> Rocco nails it. He goes, yes, everyone in Mexico and in the Middle East is already dead from eating food made in this historic and well-established method. <laughs> Time-honored. So, Time-honored. So very sad. Artisanal. <laughs> so Rocco 
uh, nailed it, right? So again, uh, I don't understand why. I, I, I thought a rest. I would always do a restaurant. Yes, sir. So it was Juanito's. Which which is the one there uh, on He's Grant? The, just as you get to the freeway, is, that's did Juanito's. They do it that way? Nope. Oh, it's good. Yeah, they're doing cubed pork soaking in that chili sauce kind of thing, and oh. then hitting it on the flat top okay. beautifully. So again, I, I always thought you could do a food truck, right? If you want to do a food, if I do, a, I'm going to give away a food truck idea, but. Just don't do it in Pima County because what's this horrible thing you're having here? This is weird, right? Is uh, Now, you can do it with the Yudo, or for you TOSDOs, the, the Greek gyro, okay? Because I think that's already cooked, the cone, and you're literally just kind of heating it through and crisping it on the outside, I think. So that's why you can get it away because uh, my Greek me got there's plenty of Greek restaurants that have the vertical spit with the real, the spit. So it's like I'm German in Germany here. The Spit um, doing the... Uh, there's a couple of places in Getting Phoenix. Hopper. There's a Mr. Gyro or Yuro or I go to up in Anthem on a roadie sometimes up to northern Arizona. He has the shaver. It's so funny here. It looks, it looks like an electric shaver. And he shaves the meat off. I'm like, just use a knife, man. Grow up. Um, so I guess the question would be, are there places that do it this way in Maricopa County? That's the question. I guess that That's would a, be a, the next question. I thought that'd be. I, I would love to do a restaurant, right? Like a like a walk up restaurant or a food truck, right? Where all you did was vertical spits, right? So you did a, a gyro, right? You did a two. You did a al pastor, and then you did a, like a chicken shawarma. You would just kill it, and then either put it like on a platter or, uh, you know, a tortilla or a or a pita, a pita. So anyway. Uh, mystery solved. Pima County Health Department, like a bunch of cave people, doesn't understand how to regulate a vertical spit that has raw stuff on it that cooks later and makes it happen. So these are the same people that brought you a 10 o'clock curfew to stop the coronavirus. Thank you very much. It's Eat Brussels Sprouts Day, and they've made a hell of a comeback in the last 10 years. They certainly have. they got a good uh, marketing team. They have I an amazing... Good social it's media. It's also preparation because the, the moms and grandmas of the world, I love you, but you were just boiling and overcooking the damn things till they, they died. And they were mushy and boring. So, uh, that, uh, so we are at a... Uh, um, there's so many cool ways to cook it. Roasting is amazing. But a little for, balsamic in there. Oh, mm-hmm. again, CJ's killing it at Mulligan's on his Brussels sprouts. He has like a lime vinaigrette that he finishes it with or something. That's just amazing. I personally like cutting them up, throwing them in a pan. Actually, let me start, let me start from the beginning. Jalapeno bacon from the sausage shop. Cut it, cook it up in a pan. Take the bacon out, chop it up, throw the Brussels sprouts in the bacon fat. Then cook it. Then bring it all back together with love. Little shave pecorino romano is pretty good in there too. At that point, so all right, Grover's coming up next. No, not the Sesame Street character. The head of Americans for Taxpayers.